Good Friday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast with Rob Lewis, Jesse Simonton, and Austin Price. I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Friday. Plenty to get to. We'll uh, dive into some hoops and uh, a trip to Lawrence, Kansas for the Vols and um, a big couple big SEC games coming up. We'll get into that. But first, let's get into recruiting. Austin, Jesse, fill everybody in on what's going on this weekend. Who's visiting? Well, as of right now, I mean, we do expect uh, Jakari Caldwell to be here. Um, I, I think South Carolina's the you know the favorite there uh you know he went there unofficially last weekend we'll visit there officially next weekend so basically you'd have to beat out a team that you know that he's seen two of the last three weeks all of his families went there he has all these ties there um i think there's some some family members have played at south carolina that's probably a tall order tennessee's gonna you know shoot their shot this weekend though it does help that you just had malachi weidman in so it's not just like okay this is our only prospect at wide receiver you know, I, I, in fact, I think Weidman probably you know passed Caldwell with this past visit. I mean, he he was he was quite impressive uh, with the staff, and um, having spoke to him a couple of nights ago, um, you know, I think Tennessee's in a good spot there. Is it done? No, uh, but you know, have they positioned themselves well? Um, you know, coming out of this past official visit, I think so. Um, as far as Zach Evans, that's the one everybody wants to talk about. Jesse, you know, I, I think he's you know going to come in here for a visit. I think he's going to give Tennessee a chance to, to, you know, put their best foot forward. But it's Zach Evans, so anything could change literally by the minute. It's not even – I mean, like, you know, that, that, that we always sometimes joke that it changes by the hour. With him, it could change by the minute. Yeah, I mean, his, his whole story, I think, his whole recruitment should just be Zach Evans, colon, no one really knows, period. I mean, that, that's just the way it's been. And, and that whether it's kind of the scuttle you hear behind the scenes about what happened and, and why he was let out of his – you know, LOI to where he may visit. As of two days ago, Florida State was pretty darn hopeful that he was going to be in Tallahassee this weekend. That does not not uh, seem to be the case now. Brian Niedermeyer going in home earlier in the week. Uh, I think that, you know, put Tennessee at least back in the picture for Zach Evans. And, and you know, this is a guy that's looking for a home, and Tennessee needs a star running back. So there is at least kind of a, na- a natural attraction there in terms of opportunity. Uh, but Georgia has re-engaged its dialogue. Yeah, Dale McGee was in there on Wednesday. Jay Graham was also in there on Wednesday for, for, for Texas A&M. But I don't think he wants to go to A&M. I don't think he wants to play that close to home. It does seem like his inner circle and family and even and even Dion want him out of Texas. Yeah, and, and you know, I think there's some notion there, – there's also a notion that some people around him have said, you know, yeah, Georgia, you know, probably the safest option you could pick. But – from an individual standpoint and finding the field right away, you know, Tennessee's probably your better option when you're talking about, or Tennessee or Texas A&M is your better option pertaining to early playing time. You know, just because, you know, I know Georgia's, you know, tried to pitch that, well, this guy's had a leg injury before, and that guy's had a leg injury before, and, you know, they may not be back to their old self again. But, I mean, we know how that goes. I mean, you know, it's, it's modern medicine, you know. I mean, you know, the, the Preston Williams of the world have proven that. Uh, right, Paul Fortenberry, as he listens somewhere at Clayton. Well, Georgia's, um, pitch, you know, Georgia's pitch is that they just rotate a million backs. Tennessee's pitch is we need a star. We, yeah, don't, have, we, we don't have one we like We don't have you. the dude. Yeah, we don't have one like you. And, and so, you know, if Zach comes this weekend, Tennessee will – Make their big swing. Um, this it, is this is this is one that doesn't come with a, without concerns or baggage. Uh, and as we've you know had it in the war room and you know have discussed off air, guys, this is also one based on talking to people. I'm not sure that it ends on February 5th 
you know, it, it's unclear to people that we've talked to whether he definitively can sign an LOI. It sounds like he cannot sign a second one. So that would only be if that is the case. If we're saying that 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 is you correct, work off that theory. If you work off that theory that that what people have told us is correct, then that means he can only sign a financial aid agreement. He could sign multiple financial aid agreements with multiple schools, and then you basically are still dogging this thing out for the next and, three months until May. And so. If that doesn't tell you how this thing's probably going to end up, that just shows you how wild this has been from the beginning. I mean, this is kind of an unprecedented recruitment, especially for a guy that you know is a legitimate five-star, top twenty talent in the country. If he can't, I mean, if he can't sign, I mean, can you even imagine how how crazy that's going to be? How many be? rumors will be out there oh between now God. and May? And whoever whoever you know ends up getting him, they're going to demand that he be there for many term. It ain't going to drag till June. They're going to say May fourth or whatever it is. You better be here. Well, sure. I mean, you know, everybody's going to try to would would try to get would try to get him in as as quick as they can. It, it's you know it is unprecedented because one you got the early signing period, so you've got the potential of the two national letters or the whole you know the signing multiple scholarship papers. I think just as unprecedented in it is that the school that released him a month ago willingly is now back in play here, quote, at the finish line of when they can be on the road. That, that's the part that's a bit of the head scratcher. It's like, you know, I, I mean, I get it. He's having a hard time. Maybe he doesn't have the best influence around him to help him, and he's sorting through all this stuff. He's going to visit here. He's going to visit there, and then this changes, that changes. Florida's going to get a visit. Florida's not going to get a visit. Florida State, all that. I, I get all of that. But to to for a school to say, essentially, we're done with you, okay? We're not going to hold you to it, non-binding. We're not going to try to talk and calm you down and settle everything down. We're just going to wipe our hands of it. And then they finish out the dead period and they get back to where they can go out on the road and they go, oh no, by the way, we want you. You know? I mean, that's, that, to me, that's the craziest part of the whole recruitment is that you're talking a five-star talent, yes, and we've seen five-star talents change their mind and be all over the map. I mean, Julian Battle wasn't a five-star talent, but that's a guy who signed two letters on National Signing Day. So you've seen some bizarre stuff. But for a school with the depth and the talent that Georgia has that says, you know what? Basically, the, the feeling was they said, you're too big of a headache. We're just not going to fool with it. To turn around and go, no, 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 come on back. We want you. It, it's kind of crazy to me. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, it, it was whatever, again, whoever he was playing to on the on national TV with Dion sitting next to him, that was bizarre. The stories that have come out about why he was, you know, suspended multiple times on his high school team this season, that didn't even get to play in the state. This has been a saga unlike one that I have seen. That, that is for sure. So we'll see if he gets if he indeed yeah. arrives in Knoxville. I mean that that'll be the next deal. Is, does <laughs> he show up? Did the plane that he get on land in Knoxville? Well, we, or we, does it land and, somewhere and it, else? The other thing we also had, because uh, AP had kind of teased this on Tuesday, then talking to some folks, uh, there is no connection anymore at least for these schools, for, for Tennessee and Georgia with the whole Brady Ward deal. Brady is going to be taking his own visits these next two weeks. Neither are slated to be and Tennessee or Georgia. He's supposed to be in Mississippi State and Oklahoma. Um, so perhaps there's still a tie there with Texas A&M. They have visited there. I don't know how serious Ole Miss is in this deal. I know they're, they're, they're hard on Brady Ward. I don't know where Zach Evans sees you know, the Lane Kiffin train. So uh, at least for in terms of Tennessee – 
And then what, I don't what see him ending up at Mississippi State. I think Ole Miss is more realistic if Lane would take him. The place that, that Brady Ward really wants to go is Auburn. So does Auburn have a spot for him potentially to take a flyer on him? But either be, at the end of the day, if you're going to miss hubs, what do you do? You miss big. You miss with big bodies and, 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 and go that way. Um, you know, I had one person try to, you know, try to – I, I disagree with the person, but they, they tried to, you know, basically compare him to Orlando Brown, who was another huge, massive body coming out of Georgia. Tennessee ended up, you know, passing on. He goes to Oklahoma, and, you know, the rest is history. So, um, you know, I don't know if he's that, but, you know, I do get the notion you, you, if you're going to miss, you miss with big bodies, and he's a big body. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean, you, you know, if you're going to take a flyer, you're probably going to take more of a flyer on, on a big body than you are um, with, with others. But – there's certainly been big bodies that you've taken chances on that have been big misses too. So, uh, you know, that's, that's just part of it. I just think this one, it, it's for Tennessee and, and what you're saying, Jesse and Austin, is that for Tennessee and Zach Evans, it's just about Zach Evans. There's no packages. There's no multi. It's, it's Zach Evans and Tennessee. Georgia's the same way. Uh, and it sounds like as of, as of now, Florida's out. Yes. Yes. I mean, even Zach Evans, even on his own Instagram on Thursday midday, you know, said that he's not visiting Florida anymore. So, Florida is out for Evans. Kentucky is out for D. Beckwith. Kentucky uh, is out for Beckwith. Yeah, yeah they are out. Well, for that Beckwith. one's been all over the map this week too, a little bit. Well, yeah, in terms of Kentucky, we're Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's at. worked hard to try to you know get D to not take the visit to Florida and take a visit to Kentucky instead. Um, but you know, Larry Scott. Which probably would have been would have been a win for Tennessee. Yo, I 100% agree with that. Um, can, uh, Larry Scott was in, you know, Florence on uh, Thursday, and uh, Dee's going to visit Florida this weekend. But I don't know if the enamor is there with with Florida like it once was. Um, I, I'm not saying that, that Tennessee's going to definitely land Dee back with, but I do think Tennessee is in a pretty good spot. They just have to continue to do what they what they've been doing and survive the weekend and get ready for Jeremy Pruitt's in home with probably the whole offensive staff come next week. Yeah, so Tennessee's going to get one of the late, if not the last in homes, yeah. one of the late in homes uh, with Jeremy Pruitt. That last weekend, it does not appear he's going to go anywhere. The thirty first. No, correct. His senior night's on Saturday. So he's not going to go. Yeah, if I was Tennessee, I would I would try to go in there Friday night, be there as late as you can be in there. You know, why not? I mean, I think in a perfect world, why not go in Sunday night? Or, or can coaches be on the road Sunday? They have to, no, every, you got to be off, you the, road be off the road Sunday. Friday, you have to be off the road Friday? No, so. midnight Saturday. Okay, midnight Saturday. Yeah, midnight Saturday. Uh, you don't want to take away from weather? I don't know. You'd just be taking away from junior days. If you got junior days done quick enough, potentially you could go down there Saturday night for an in-home. Yeah, you got then you got the whole competition thing that you're dealing with on a senior day. I, I don't know that you, I, I don't know that he's a guy that you get. Point no, is, is, I wouldn't do it before Thursday. Yeah, I think with I think with a guy like D and in, in seeing these, some, sometimes you got to go in there and babysit a guy to the midnight hour till nobody else can come in. A la Cedric Houston, when Philip Fulmer and his staff were in Cedric's in his mom's little apartment there with about seven people, and Arkansas was circling the block in the car waiting on Tennessee to go out so they could get in and get the last visit and Tennessee just held out. They just they just they camped out and didn't let Arkansas in. Cedric was committed to Tennessee, so Tennessee was holding on is what they were doing. With D, I don't I don't think that you're you're necessarily that that case. I, I don't think it's a situation where you necessarily you want the last visit, but I don't know that it's now it may change coming out of the Florida trip. Yeah. But right now I think you feel like you want to go in late but you don't necessarily have to babysit it 
till, till the dead, you know, till the dead period where nobody can go in. So, um, and, and I don't think D will let anybody in on Saturday. I think he would be focused on playing basketball on his senior day. So Tennessee would probably go in there Thursday night or Friday uh, to see D back with Dylan Spencer. That that one, that one seems like some things have to go. For Dylan Spencer to end up at Tennessee, some things have to go down a different path for Tennessee and recruiting. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to have to miss multiple times, um, you know, for, for Spencer to end up here. I mean, yeah, there's still a path to that. But at, that, at some point, the kids will go, okay, I'll end up there because three guys passed. You know, he had a family member that played at Ole Miss. I think it was an All-American. It just Ole Miss makes a lot of sense. Mississippi State. Staying in the state makes a lot of sense. I don't see him leaving the state of Mississippi, to be honest with you. That's interesting. He told me Ole Miss was out. He, he didn't have anything. He didn't have anything good to say. Not neg- not negative about Ole Miss. He just said there's nothing there with Ole Miss. Now I know Mississippi State's been in. Does he visit Kansas and Missouri these last two weeks like he's supposed to, or is that reshuffle? And, and that's something to keep an eye on because I think Mississippi State makes a lot of sense there with him. I'm with you because I know State's been in the house. And been and been visiting with him there. I would think that he ends up visiting state one of these last two weekends. Right now, it seems like Tennessee Tennessee's <clears throat> Tennessee's ideal finish is is Beckwith Evans, and then do they find a way to 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 grab Wyden? Yeah, if you, if you can grab him, yeah, then you just shuffle Bellis Jones to twenty one, and yeah. you go, we're taking twenty four instead of twenty five. I don't think that pushing one forward does not bother me. Uh, at this point in time for the program, it's to me when you push two and three, and all of a sudden you're instead of taking 25, you're taking 22. Like to me, that's when you kind of get yourself. In well, trouble particularly a bit. in that year one where you know you needed 25, and and you're see, I actually think you're fine now if Tennessee wants to. It, it it they could not afford to do that to your point when Jeremy first got here, which I think was a mistake. But right, the way the transfers work now, I think you actually can can basically sign 23. Pencil yourself in for 23 each year and then know that you're going to grab a couple grad transfers or other transfers that are immediately eligible. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you there. But you knew. Because then, you, then you're basically banking on it's 23 plus a couple of guys that we're penciling in to play big time right. snaps. Can play immediately. They can play right away. Because you're not going to take a grad transfer with one of those last two spots now as just a security blanket. You, right. you should take one of those guys, Rob, with the idea of he's going to play. Okay. It's the Aubrey Solomon. I mean, you're, ta- you're taking Velas Jones to play snaps. He's yeah. supposed to take snaps. I mean, he, yeah, he, be- he, better. he better not just be a kicker <laughs> right. turner. He's he needs not, to be a slot receiver right. for them. I mean, he's not yeah. just a, quote, insurance policy no. that gives you a little more depth. He's got to be productive for you. But you, so the Mondre Dickerson's, <laughs> you know, the Mondre Dickerson's of the sure. world and, um, you know, those type of guys, you got to get past. Madre London, Madre, not Madre London. Dickerson, Madre London. Oh wow! Um, I know I'm getting old. I was the same uh, here. Actually, helped. Yeah, you, you got to take. You, you don't take those guys just to just to fill a roster not, spot for depth. Not where they're at now. I don't. Right. Say. I mean, you're looking for. I mean, maybe not. I mean, difference makers. I'm, I'm not talking about you know all Americans, but I mean, Aubrey Solomon was a difference maker for this team. I mean, that's if, if you're you know fishing in those waters and, and as you always say, you know, the scholarships the most valuable thing you have. You can't, I don't. I don't think they can waste them. I mean, you need a guy that's going to help you. I agree with you 100. percent right. No more developmental, right? Because you, know, mo- you don't have time. I mean, you know, you, you, you're bringing that guy into play. I mean, he, he's got to come in and, and be a part of that. And you should be far enough along in your roster flip of getting your guys in here that you plug and play with a couple of guys, which is what you're saying, Jesse, yeah, as I- opposed to 
boy, we're, we're going to bring a guy in a year to build us some depth. Right. You know? I mean, because my thing is, is that you, with the way the transfer portal works now, it, say you hypothetically, you have the, they have these 23 guys, but they don't have Cade and Vilas Jones. If they just sign two guys that they're like, all right, we're going to sign, and these are late guys that we hope to develop within two to three years, they can actually see the field. An a la Jacob Warren, that kind of stuff. A guy who you know, he played some stats for Tennessee this past season. Can he really become a true Cedric, factor Cedric next year? Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman, those kind of guys. I just, where the program is and where it wants to be, I don't think that's worthwhile your time. I think you, those. Those couple guys should be in the you know nineteen twenty twenty one part of this class, and you I think each year you identify two spots of two big needs on your class, and you go out and and secure you know procure the grad transfer market and sign or grab a guy like Cade May so you can plug and play. Grab a guy. We'll see how good Velas Jones is, but you know I mean you see it. Alabama's doing it. Clemson's doing it. Georgia's doing it. It just makes sense to have some veterans that can plug and play. Yeah, and that's it's free agency. I yeah. mean it, it really is. It's it's a year of free agency. You're hot you're instead of going and drafting a guy and putting him on the practice squad and developing him or having him play some snaps on special teams as a rookie, whatever, you're you're going out and getting the free agent guy that's the plug and, and play. The, and and the kids are being rewarded by the fact that in, in college athletics these days, you arrive on campus and you don't leave. You don't go home. So you get this schooling done so much quicker. Right. So if you put in the work, you arguably could have two years to go play wherever you want to play or at least one final season to go play wherever you want to play. Yeah, you can create your own free agency yeah, you, I mean, for sure. You, you, they've earned that opportunity. Yeah. All right, let's jump to the 21s right quick. Not going to run down a ton of names. We had, we had a, a boatload of – where coaches were, people that Tennessee saw in the 21 class. I think the one thing that jumps out to me, though, Austin and, and Jesse, and Rob jump in here too, when you talk about 21, there's, a clear, there's clear evidence that Tennessee likes North Carolina kids in 2021. They like the class of 2021 in North Carolina much better than they did in 2020, and there's a clear effort to go get some, try to get some work done in the class of 2021 in North Carolina. Is that but class help you go out with Jay Graham, right? Right, AP. One would think. <laughs> Why is I mean, is the class over there this year that much better than the previous year, or is there just more fits potentially for Tennessee? Well, there's uh, depth guys like Washington who's going to be in this weekend. Yeah, he's Isaac a good Washington, player. I mean, he's, you know, he's only a three-star on Rivals, but he has Georgia, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and he's been at Tennessee multiple times. So the state's got depth weekend. to it. State's got depth, and then it has star power with a guy like Shipley. Now he's not. Tennessee wants Will Shipley. I don't see Tennessee being in that. He's visited a bunch of Northeast schools. Uh, seems like Notre Dame and Penn State, probably the two early factors there. But it has both the star power of, of a Will Shipley, a Drake May, uh, and then Peyton just Page. a lot of Peyton Page, and then a lot of depth just kind of elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, you've got the Dillsworth kid. Um, you know, you've got, you've got you know, the other kid that was, uh, you know, in our trail tidbits this week, um, you know, that, that Tracy Rocker went and saw, who's a Javari Ritzy. Um, there's a really good athlete, Cayman Marley. Uh, all these are in the Piedmont area, according to to, uh, to uh, Gritty, who was giving me a hard time about my North Carolina geography. Um, but uh, that's not the research triangle. Yeah, so you got to know the difference, right? Yeah. Listen, I'm an information gatherer. I don't really care about <laughs> we're differentiating and the upstate versus it's the not on the it's not on the Carolina. Parkway of State Road 74. 
which is from Saluda to Charlotte, which includes <laughs> the, Shelby the, and all those that places. Was the, the Dan Brooks that Memorial was the Dan Bro <laughs> That was the Dan Brooks Parkway, who made a living in recruiting North Carolina for North Carolina on that parkway, Tennessee as but, well as Clemson. Yeah, you got Trevally Price as a, a linebacker Tennessee really likes. You got Shavion Smith, so a running back that, that Tennessee likes quite a bit. So, I mean, you know, then you, you go into the state of, you know, uh, South Carolina, they obviously offered J.J. Jones this week out of Myrtle Beach. Um, I think anybody in that area, if you're Tennessee, like you don't think this kind of stuff matters, but the fact that Allegiant is doing a round trip, a, a, a round trip ticket from Myrtle Beach now to, to, to Knoxville. Oh, that stuff definitely matters. That stuff matters. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, sure. I mean, it makes a big difference. I mean, mm -hmm. not even if you're, let's say you're just from Charleston or anywhere over there that way and you can drive an hour instead of driving nine, you know, and get on a plane. I, I mean, as recently as this past basketball recruit, recruiting class, that was a big deal for Corey Walker's parents yeah. down in Florida. I mean, a very big deal. Yeah. I mean, they, they made two unofficial visits, you know, paid, paid 75 bucks for a plane ticket. Right. Yeah, big yeah. deal. Kamaro Edmonds, who's at Havelock, uh, which is the same high school as Ontario Hardesty, um, or same area as Ontario Hardesty. Uh, Amari That's on the Hudson. eastern part of North Carolina. That, that That's the same is, high school that, as the kid that, that didn't end up here. Yeah, Anthony. <laughs> Um, and then Amari Huggins-Bruce out of Dillon over in South Carolina, too. So, I mean, the, the Carolinas in general, but specifically North Carolina, it, it is a big, big uh, emphasis on that. And I would watch the Washington kid this weekend. Here's the, here's the thing about North Carolina that you know, too, Rob. History says a lot of the star power in that state leaves that state. Sure. I mean, Mac Brown is obviously, you know, making a little noise. But, I mean, it's – I mean, I and I – I like Mike Brown a lot, but I mean, I wouldn't think it'd be terribly hard to negatively recruit against somebody at, at that age. Yeah, I mean, you know, Florida's, Florida, Florida through the years has out. gone in and gotten big time, big highly ranked and, players out of North and Carolina. Clemson has just been Clemson, obviously, the board, you know, crossing the board has come in there and got a lot. So, um, but how long has it been since Tennessee's really went, you know, went over there and, and took a, a big timer? That, that well, say got, Clemson wanted, that Florida wanted. They got Crouch. Crouch. They got Crouch out of there. And part of that was because they were going to let him play the position he wanted to play. Um, you know, he was certainly a highly recruited player, a big-time guy. But for Tennessee to go in and get multiple guys in North Carolina, it's been a while that, since they went over since there. Since they feasted. Like they, yeah, since they went over there and feasted like they did. got three or four for years. years. You know, I mean, for years that was a main – that was like – that was like Tennessee East. That was an extension of sure. in-state recruiting. Because, Tennessee went that way sometimes before they went to Memphis because it was closer. But and Georgia and some other schools started dipping Clemson. in there, too. Yeah, and, they start, and, and Charlotte's exploded the last yeah. 10 years in terms of talent, too, and because, as the population grows. And because of the fact that the state of Tennessee is not as good in 2021 as it was in 2020 or as it is going to be in 2022, you've got to make a little more hay in Virginia, North Carolina, and, the, and those other states. You know, because I mean, like even like some of the the kids that you know Tennessee really likes in this twenty twenty one class in state, Dietrich Pennington, that's going to be a you know a tussle with Bama, yeah. Clemson, uh, you know, uh, and others trying to try to get in on him. You know, the mid state, you know, LSU will be a factor for you know for guys over there like Turntine. So you know, in, in my mind, you know, and then where the tight ends end up? I mean, those yeah. are two of the top ten players. Brigham Stool may end up at Clemson. And, yeah, and, and Wolf's Hudson got Wilson, a Alabama offers. too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, the point is, is like it's not going to be a lay down in state. You know, what you get, you're going to have to earn, but thus you're going to have to earn, uh, you know, some from other states as well. And North Carolina just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, so we'll keep a close eye on that. You mentioned the Washington kid coming in this weekend. Tennessee going to have next weekend. We'll talk about it in the podcast next week. But the last weekend of the month, 
going to be a big weekend, right? The 31st, 1st, that weekend yeah. going to be yeah. big. Going to be a lot of juniors in, scheduled to be in at yeah, this point Yeah, I think like time. the Andre Turntines, those kind of guys from the mid-state will be in for that weekend. We'll see where Hudson Wolf goes that weekend. Can Tennessee get Brigginstool up? He's going to Clemson this weekend. Damian Robinson. Damian Robinson supposed to be here. Um, we'll see if Dallin Hayden makes it in. Maybe Dietrich Pennington as well. So that one's going to, certainly going to be a big one. And there's some kids in this weekend as well. We'll have full coverage of all of that um, with the 2020s and the 2021s as well. All right, Rob, let's jump to the hoops. Uh, the hoops front right now. Break down the fight, team. Rob. What you got? What's your footage say? Are you surprised that there's not more punishment from no. Kansas? No. Are you surprised the Big 12 didn't punish anymore? No. Based on the fact they weren't going to punish him or based on the fact that the, the talk of this, quote, brawl was a little bit overblown? No, based on the fact that it's Kansas. Based on the fact that it's that Kansas? It's Kansas. That's, that's, what I'm, that's why I'm not. So you're saying if this was Texas Tech and Baylor fighting, it would have been. They, they, they would have had to forfeit three or four games, probably. <laughs> I don't disagree with so that. So you think it's a little Big 12 I mean, I, I mean, making, I, I making sure be, their, their well, darling's taken care of? I don't of? mean to be all black helicopters and, you know, <laughs> and conspiracy-minded, but, I mean, that's just I'm, – I'm cynical that way. I mean, I, I just think that – I mean, good gracious. I mean, how many kids left the bench? Everybody. I mean <laughs> – I mean, seriously. Yeah. It just, I mean, I, I'm the, the only one I didn't see down there was Azabuki, and I'm, the fight might have been over before Azabuki could get down there. Yeah, was possibly. the was the only thing there with, with him. And I mean, you know, Kansas, I mean, loses a couple of guys that contribute, but I mean, as long as it wasn't Dotson or Azabuki, then I, you know, I think I think it's a tough matchup for Tennessee. What's, I mean, what are you trying? If you're Tennessee, obviously you go in with the thought to win, but what, what's a win for Tennessee? Besides pulling off the upset, or is it? Are you past that point of no. you know a freshman handling an environment like that, this, that, and the other? I mean, I, I, I'm not. I mean, there's no moral victories for sure. I mean, just, but I mean, and I, I can promise you, Rick's, you know, planning to, to go in there and, and you know anything other than a win is going to be a disappointment for him. I just, you know, I played four freshman regular minutes, you know, playing, starting a point guard that's this is going to be his fourth weekend. That he's played college basketball, <laughs> you know, going in there against again, that's that to me, you know, everybody's going to talk about Ozabuki and Ful and Fulkerson, which you know I, I think that's that's going to be tough for John to handle. But the the matchup that would really worry me if I'm Tennessee is Vescovi trying to guard uh, Dotson. I, I think that's going to be a, hard, a hard to handle. Yeah, a hard, a hard, hard matchup. And, and going to be hard to handle the defensive pressure that, that Viscoe's going to see from, from Dotson on the ball. I mean, right. I think Dotson is a really good player. Yeah, and a good defender. Yes. I mean, he will, he will cause you some problems that way. All right, so let's we'll, – we'll take the matchup of Kansas, uh, kind of throw it to the side here a little bit. Is this basketball team improving, Rob, the last three halves of basketball offensively, or are they just benefiting from the fact that they played two bad basketball well, teams? I don't think you can discount the fact that – Ole Miss and Vanderbilt are combined 0-9 in SEC play. I mean, that's reality. But also, Tennessee just won those two games by combined 45 points. You can't, you can't ignore that. I mean, I, I think they're getting better. But, you know, I, I, you know they, they have problems, but I, I do think they are definitely improving. And I think that Georgia game was kind of a, a, a turning point for, for, for them. And, and, you know, certainly, I mean, I, Rick, it gave Rick something to beat them over the head about. When you know, throw it up on the film and say, you know, if if this is if this is all you, if this is what you're going to bring, and you know, we're going to get blown, we're going to get our doors blown off a lot. What did they? I mean, did they find something in the second half against Vanderbilt? Because I mean, at the half, that's what 21 20 21 20. I mean, it, it looked it looked like a 12 year old game at a rec gym on a Saturday morning somewhere in some you know team that was mashed up together. What what, what was 
I mean, they come out on that 10-0 run. What was the what I mean, was the, the key to get it going? Well, I mean, the key was just, I mean, turning defense into offense at Vanderbilt. I mean, against Ole Miss, I think it was different. I think they just were much crisper executing. But, I mean, Vanderbilt just came out and gave them the ball. Laid down. I mean, they turned it over for the first five times they had the ball in the second half, and Tennessee, you know, turned all those into buckets. Ole Miss, I mean, I was talking with Rick. He said that was, really that's the first time for 40 minutes I thought, I thought that we looked like we were organized on offense. I mean, guys knew what they were doing. Guys, you know. We're getting to the spots on the floor. The spacing was what we want. and um, But also, you know, at, at, at the same time, talking with him about the last two games, he, he's up front about, you know, he's you know he's glad they're looking better on offense, but he, he's happier with the defense right now. Because, I mean, I think he knows that the offense is going to come and go. The defense is how this particular team is going to win games. I mean, it gets, it gets good teams. Which, what, which what, are they doing, what are they doing well defensively? I think. Because I mean, Georgia that was not good defensively. I think they're they're communicating better. Really well, I mean, that's that's certainly one of Rick's talking points that, that he likes. Uh, and the young kids are, are are understanding more what they're supposed to do. I think this Kobe's, you know, he's he's going to have some problems with you know length and quickness all, all year long. all year long. But he's just understanding the concepts better, understanding where to be. Um, and even though you know Plashik hasn't given them a lot. It has really helped between him and and, and Camwa to just give Fulkerson a break. I mean, he played 37 minutes at Georgia. I mean, that's not you, you can't have that. I mean, he's you know, 26, 27 minutes. I think he's a lot more effective. I mean, that, you know, he was great against Ole Miss, best he's ever looked. And so now the schedule coming out of Kansas, you got to take care of that Texas A&M game. Have to. That's the must win, and then it gets hard, right? No, I mean you get. Yeah, it gets real hard after that. I mean, you get back-to-back road games, but winning at state and winning at Bama are doable. Although Tennessee at Bama over the years has never been a yeah, it's been crazy down there. That's yeah. that's the worst game I've seen Tennessee play with a good team, a good Tennessee team play two years ago at Bama when they, I mean, they got beat. Twenty plus, but those are two. I mean, look, I'm not saying you're going to sweep on the road, but those are two could, winnable games. You should be able to split. But you know, Mississippi State also beat Georgia by forty. <laughs> on Saturday. Well, and that and that bring me to this. That bring me to this question. Taking it just beyond the Tennessee scope. What's the story with college basketball? Oh, yeah. What's the deal with college basketball? The SEC. I mean, Rick talked about it. When we're taping this on Thursday. Rick talked about it Thursday afternoon during his media session. It was I. It's right on your point. He said he doesn't remember a year where the NCAA tournament's going to be this wide open, where so many teams have a legit shot. And, 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 but I don't think it's, they have a legit shot because there's a bunch of really good teams. No, there's no. I think it's just they're just a bunch of average bat. I mean, Memphis loses by 40 to Tulsa. Georgia blows out Tennessee, goes to Mississippi State, loses by 40. You, you know, you, you see, I and mean, NC means- State did everything under the sun to give a game away to Virginia. At Virginia, to Virginia. I mean, they, they, they walked the ball down and handed it to them and I mean, said, please beat us. And Virginia, at home, couldn't make two plays in the final two minutes to Duke, win that game. Duke gets beat by Clemson. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's Baylor crazy. Baylor was looking terrible against Oklahoma State. I mean, they came back to win that game. But, I mean, it's, it's – there's clearly a lack of star power. You know, Weidman not being – or what's his name? Not Wiseman. Being, Wiseman, you know, out at Memphis – Anthony Edwards playing on a you know just an, an kid average North, kid Georgia North Carolina. Team. Um, Anthony, and he's like, Colt, he, he got hurt. I mean, yeah, that, he'd be one of the best players in the country. It's just this is this is a rough season for college hoops. I think just in general, there's not a start. There's not there's no Zion. There's no star team. There's no it's. The and tournament may be fascinating because of that, or it could just be some really bad basketball and the SEC for, for four weeks. SEC is as bad as I can remember in the last yeah. few years. I mean, it's bad. Simple, stupid question. Has moving the three-point line back 
affected it th- that yeah, much? Has I that would, got anything on it? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll have to go back and check again, but I checked probably towards the end of the non-conference and the like the leader, the, I, and I was just looking at the SEC, but the the top of the league was pretty much right where it was last year, 37 38% um, for the top teams. I think what you see, the teams that, that are not great shooting teams, which like like this one, like, like Vanderbilt, <laughs> are, I mean, they're in the, in the 20s. Like I, at like 15, 16 games in, um, excuse me, like 10 games in, there were like four SEC teams that were below 30%. Last year there were none. So I think if you're a good shooting team, I don't think it – Bothers. It bothers you that much. If you're a bad shooting team, I, I think it, it knocks, your, knock, you know, knocks your percentage down. And I, I think there's more bad shooting teams than there are good shooting teams in college basketball this year from what we've seen because yeah. it's been up and down and just across like I said, the I mean, board. That, and, and I follow – I mean, I, 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 I watch a lot of SEC basketball. I mean, if Tennessee's not playing, I'll you know, check out – I'm flipping back and forth between whatever's on. And it's – yeah, this, this league is just – Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like Jesse, the best player in the league is on – a, a very average team, Anthony Edwards. Kentucky's not what, what they're accustomed to. Flo- Florida and Florida's the biggest mystery of all. I think you, Mike White's starting to make a case that he just made. He, he may not be a very good coach. Yeah, I mean, there's another thing. They, they, they they're good one they game. Beat the heck out of Auburn and then played completely terrible the week before. The week. I mean, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, the, the inconsistencies is something we've not seen. I mean, you know, just the fact that even the quarters perceived to be the the good teams out there have not been able to sustain no. quality play night in and night and out. LSU's undefeated, and they got blown out at home by ETSU in December. Yeah, and they're undefeated because they've won five yeah. games about by two points less or more. Than, less than, I mean, less four than two, points or less. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. They've just won a bunch of close games, some of them that they've certainly tried to give away. So we'll see what Tennessee can do on the road uh, against Kansas this weekend and then obviously a big week for Tennessee next week starting with Texas and just be squeezing. If you're in town, yeah. Hoops fan, Jaden oh, yeah. Springer on Saturday. Saturday. That's chance to see him. Chance to see him. Catholic High School, two, 2 p.m. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Rob will be there for Jaden Springer to take on for, to see him play Catholic should be a lot of fun for anybody who wants to check out the future of Tennessee basketball coming up on Saturday. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com podcast for Austin Price, Rob Lewis, and Jesse Simonton. I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs>